Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, it's my privilege this Erev Yom Teruah, Erev Rosh Hashanah, to share some words with you. And for much of the Jewish, the Messianic Jewish world, in fact, uh, tonight is an important and a special night. And it just happens to be an Erev Shabbat as well, which makes it to me double special. It's a special night. And we're at the head or the beginning of what some call a new year, a Rosh Hashanah, if you will. And we also, during this time, tend to reflect back on the year that has just passed us. From Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur, from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, we reflect back and we assess some of what has transpired. And I hope this past year has had its good moments for you. How many can say you've had some good moments this past year? I can. And I'm not going to ask the other question. But as a community, we've experienced many times of rejoicing as well as some times of challenge. You know, some have gone on to their eternal reward this past year, and I just want to let you know that virtually every time I come into this building, I think of some who have passed on. Uh, being here now, my wife and I, we're in our 24th year that we've been here. We've seen many people go on to be with the Lord, but... There are also some that have been born this past year, and some have been born anew and afresh and born again. Nolad Mechadash, through faith in Messiah Yeshua. So there's a lot to be rejoicing about, a lot to be joyful about. Some have been born, some have gone on, but I think the sure point of reliability in our life, the sure point of reliability in our life, is found with the Lord our God. He is able, he is faithful, and he truly is a rock for us. Now, as you just heard, as Cherry led us in the collective or the responsive readings of the two Psalms, Psalm 121 and Psalm 27, uh, we can understand why King David ended Psalm 27 with, let me remind you what it says. He ended Psalm 27, the English translation says, wait for the Lord. <laughs> Be strong and let your heart take courage. And then he emphasizes again, and what does he say? He said, yes, wait for the Lord. You know, the idea of waiting isn't always a pleasant thing for us. How many really like waiting a long period of time? None of us do. And there's a different meaning to this idea. Wait is to wait with expectancy and hope. It's based on the Hebrew word for hope. And in what many call a very profound passage in the Brit Chadashah and the New Covenant Scriptures in the book of Yaakov, commonly called the book of James, there's this passage. It's actually in the very beginning of the book. James chapter 1, talk about starting out a writing in an unusual way. Here's how he does verse 2. Chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy 
when you fall into various trials. Now, how many of you start your letters or your emails or your text out with words like that? Dear friend, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> we don't. But he wanted to get a, across a point. Let me continue. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And verse 4 of Yaakov, James chapter 1 says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, you may have noticed some of the same things that I notice when I read this passage. For example, it says, the testing of your faith produces patience. I'm emphasizing patience here. The testing of your faith produces faith, patience, and then he follows it in Yaakov, James chapter 1, by let patience have its perfect work. Have any of us ever been impatient this last year? <laughs> no, you don't need to show hands. Some of you are raising your hands. It's kind of like a, you know, redemptive practice, you know. <laughs> but it's curious because the Greek idea of patience has some other meanings to it. Uh, the idea of, of patient, being patient, has other meanings. And hence, when you look at the English translations of this particular verse, Yaakov, James chapter 1, verse 3, it says that testing your faith produces patience. Yes, that's what I just read. But also accurately going by the Greek sense of this, the testing of your faith produces perseverance, patience, Perseverance, And then there's a third one. You can check this out in different translations. In the English language, it was based on the Greek idea of the word. The testing your faith produces endurance. So each of these intricately linked and highly desirable qualities, such as patience, perseverance, and endurance, are part of what's the inner requirement, the inner disposition of a faithful messianic believer. If you could read all of James, and you'll see, we'll refer to it before I conclude here in just a few moments. When you read all the, the epistle of James, this general epistle, you realize that his, his point that he's trying to get across to his readers, his listeners, to his community, is that be patient and wait on the Lord. Make sure that what you're doing is really founded upon the Lord. I don't know. I, for one, and I'm sure you would agree with me, I'm thankful for a loving Messiah here this Rosh Hashanah. I'm thankful for our loving Messiah. And I say this, I'm thankful for our loving Messiah who, who patiently works with us. Has he been working with you this past year? Has he been working in your life this past year? Has God been doing a work in your heart? Sometimes it's something you readily recognize and other times you don't see it. Maybe it happens later that you see it. Suddenly, the, 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 the scales are removed from your eyes, and you realize God was involved in this. And I'm thankful because he teaches us, he trains us, he corrects us, he exhorts us, he comforts us, he gives us strength, and I can keep going on and on in all that the Lord does in our lives. He's at work in your life. You're here today. He's at work in your life. He really wants your full attention. On this Rosh Hashanah, this Yom Turah, he wants your full attention. He wants your, your eyes, to, your, the eyes of your heart, your gaze to be upon him and to let him guide you. And he is more than able to guide our lives because after all, he set the universe in its proper place. 
the stars in their proper places, the planets in their proper place. He set this whole thing in motion. Blessed be his name. And I have the sneaky suspicion, and I hope you would agree with me, that he's more than able to guide your life and mine here, this Rosh Hashanah. He's capable and able. The question is, will we relinquish? Will we allow him to truly lead our lives? And sometimes our thoughts are not really his thoughts, and our ways are not his ways. When he grabs hold of us, he changes us and leads us and transforms us. But we must be patient. I know this is a terrible word to bring on Rosh Hashanah. And so many pulpits across the Jewish world right now, they're talking politics and they're talking all these other things. I know I've heard them. But I'm talking tonight being patient and allowing God, allowing God to do that work in your life that he's doing and to cooperate with him. We must be patient. We must be patient as we wend our, our way through life now the mountains and the valleys. And if you look back on this past year, you probably see there were some mountaintop experiences and some low valley experiences. We call that normal life. You know, it's not normal to always be on the mountaintop. It's not normal to always be in the valley. There are the valley and the mountains, and they come on all. Even Yeshua experienced them. But that doesn't mean we can, we can uh, lose hope doesn't mean that we should cast aside everything that means that all the more that we should press in and make sure that we are walking with him and you know it's really true that the more impatient we are the higher the risk of making major mistakes in our life the risk goes up the level of impatience goes up the risk goes up of making some serious decision mistakes in our life we want to make sure that ultimately we, we follow God's will for our life at this time. And maybe this year, this Rosh Hashanah, during these uh, uh, 10 days of all, maybe this is a time to rededicate ourselves. In fact, it's not a maybe, it is a time to rededicate ourselves to the will of God for our lives and to following Him. Now, you've probably heard this saying, and I don't believe I'm saying this on Yom Teruah on Rosh Hashanah, have you heard this saying, Rome wasn't built in a day? How many of you have heard that saying before? <laughs> and yeah, we have. We use it to say that some things take time. Well, in a parallel way, we can also say our spiritual growth and the growth of Messiah's kingdom and God's will on earth as it is in heaven, it takes time. It takes time. And frankly, I'm of the studied opinion here before you, this Yom Teruah, this Rosh Hashanah, I'm of the opinion before you that we are coming to the end of this time. I don't know how long it's going to be. The wonderful dance really uh, exemplified the words as, as Josh read the words to that dance. We're coming to the end of the time. When we hear the shofar sound during these high holy days, we'll hear it again throughout these 10 days of awe. When we hear kol shofar, the voice, the sound of the shofar, it's a reminder. It's meant to rouse us up from our, from our slumber, our spiritual slumber, to rouse us up and to encourage us to persevere in following God, to, be, to endure in the midst of whatever spiritual battle comes our way, to endure knowing if you're a believer in Messiah Yeshua here today, you are in a place of victory because of his victory, which he has given to you through faith in him. And even if the battle is raging all around us, 
And we know there are wars and rumors of wars all over the face of the planet now. Some of them we know, some of them we don't. Some of them we hear about because our news projects them in front of us. Others we don't hear about. There are wars and rumors of war throughout the continents of this world. But I know this, that our Lord, our King is coming back. And he's coming back at the time of his choosing. And each day it gets closer. Now I want to leave you with some thoughts here. I call these what if moments. What if And I don't want to just think about the what-ifs of our lives, but really the what-if moments that we find in Scripture. I mean, there's a what-if moment in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. There's a what-if moment with Cain and Abel. What if different decisions had been made, different actions had been taken, how it would have changed the course of history as we know it and biblical history as we read it. And a what-if moment is a a point in biblical history in which the ensuing course of events would have changed dramatically, dramatically, if a different approach had been taken at that time. And think about it, the Bible is full of what-if moments where people had to make decisions in their life, and they could have gone one way or the other, and they chose this, and the Bible tells us about it. So we read in the Tanakh and the Torah, and they chose to go this way when they should have went that way. And how pleasant it is when they chose to go this way, and this is the way they should have went. They're doing what God wanted them to do, how pleasant that is. For example, I want to talk about one in the Brit Hadashah because I believe it impacts us here this, this evening. This Rosh Hashanah, era of Rosh Hashanah, here in Oklahoma City. What if, what if the apostles, the Shlichim of Yeshua, the apostles of Yeshua, during their times of trials, they decided they were, couldn't endure anymore, they didn't want to persevere anymore, They didn't want to have patience anymore. What if they had decided that? There were times where they were close to doing that. And Yeshua suffers and he goes through, he lays down his life for you and me, sheds his blood for you and me in our sins. And there's a big what if moment there after he's placed in the tomb and he's buried. And there's these three days where they don't know what's going on. And even though he had told them, just like Jonah, he would be, you know, just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale, the fish. It would be just like Jonah. And then three days later, they go and they see he's risen from the dead. What if they had acted differently when Yeshua was resurrected? For example, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, in Maseh HaShlichim, chapter 1, verse 4, It says, being assembled together. This is the time after Yeshua's resurrection. And they realize he's resurrected from the dead. And he's been been commissioning them and telling them. And it says, being assembled together with them, Yeshua commanded them, here's a what-if moment. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. What if they decided, you know, I don't want to listen to the Lord. I I don't want to do what he's saying. And he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. And then he says this, and there's that word wait, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What if they've decided, no, I don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. We're tired of waiting. We're tired of enduring. We're tired of persevering. We just want to go back. I want to go back to my fishing nets. 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, Yeshua said, you have heard from me. For Yochanan, John, truly immersed with water, but you shall be immersed with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Yeshua, saying, Lord, notice this, will you at this time? <laughs> they want it now. Did you ever want something now? <laughs> Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, and I can just would have loved to see a picture, a panoramic view of their faces. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to Ketzeolam and to the end of the earth. What if, what if the apostles had rebelled against his authority? What if they had adopted the attitude that they were already well-equipped, they didn't need the Spirit of God? They, they could do it in their own sufficiency. What if... What if they decided they were capable of accomplishing their task on their own strength? What if they thought their way was better than his way for their lives? Thankfully, and I'm so glad to be able to testify this this day, thankfully, they did not rebel against his authority. Thankfully, they did not think they were equipped enough or that they were capable of accomplishing the task without the Spirit's anointing. They knew they needed the Lord's help. And friends here today, if you don't hear anything else I'm going to say, please hear this. Know that you need the Lord's help in life and call upon Him. Call upon Him. Ask Him to help you. If you ask him for bread, he is not going to give you a stone. Thankfully, they didn't do those things. They didn't rebel against his authority. They didn't think they were so well-equipped that they could do it on their own. They didn't think that they could do it in their own strength. They knew they needed the Spirit's anointing. And they chose Yeshua's way. You know what they did? They waited. I like how the old King James says, they tarried. Will you say that word with me? They tarried. Now, the first a person just learning English and they see the word tarried, it looks like they tarred. They tarred. <laughs> Does that mean they were tired or did they get tarred and feathered? I don't know. But they tarried. They waited. They waited patiently for the Lord. And perhaps they knew and recognized what it says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man. But say the rest with it, be pleased. But its end is the way of death. The results of the apostles' decision back then, those what-if moments, and there are many of them. You can read the Scripture and just count them. One after the other, what if, suppose they had done something differently. The apostles' decision to be patient, to persevere, to endure at, the time, at that time, resulted in them receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in their life and being endued with power. Do you realize, I said this connects with us here in Oklahoma City, do you realize the fact that they, there are messianic, the fact that there are Messianic believers, believers in the Messiah here in Oklahoma City, is connected to the apostles' decision way back then, way back then, to wait on the Lord 
to take courage and obey his will and be filled with his spirit. Who knows what would have happened if they totally rebelled. We can be thankful how patient God is with us. We can be thankful here during these 10 days of awe that he literally allows us to repent in our life. What if there was no repentance in life? What if? The good news is there is. And we can repent and turn from our evil ways and turn to him and find redemption through the shed blood of Yeshua the Messiah. We can have access to his throne of mercy because of what his, his blood was shed for us and he will strengthen us so that we may walk in his ways. And you know, if you're a believer here tonight hearing these words, he also places us in community. And what a strange and wonderful community we have. Such diversity. And I'm so excited about what God's doing at Rosh Pina right now. I'm so excited. I, don't, I was thinking as I was driving here, I don't know if I've ever been this excited here in Oklahoma City about what he's doing, what he's working, what he's bringing about. And I pray that you all get behind, that you pray, you, you seek the Lord, and you support, be supportive of the good work he's doing. And that he'll continue to do that work not only here in this community, but throughout this whole area. May the Lord be praised. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. And I'm sorry, but it is another passage about patience. <laughs> and you've been listening patiently to me tonight. But here's another passage about patience. And it's not a new author. It's the same person. It's Yaakov, James. After he says what he did, and he begins his epistle in, in, one, in, in chapter 1, then when we get to chapter 5, he talks more about patience. And this verse, and some of you have heard me say this, but every time I read this verse, it reminds me of a, a, a point in my own life. When I read this particular section, after moving to Dallas in August of 1974 to go to Bible school, <laughs> I had to change my license plate. And some of you have heard me tell this story, but it's indelibly imprinted in my mind. <laughs> and I can't read this passage without thinking of this, so I'll share it with you if you haven't heard. So I turned in my license plate. It was a New York license plate, by the way. I turned it in, and I got a new plate. And it was a Texas license plate for my car. And it said this. It was just six things. J-A-S-5-7-9. J-A-S-5-7-9. Now, being a quite zealous new believer Bible school attendee, J-A-S-5-7-9 meant only one thing to me. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. How many of you got that before I told you? <laughs> so I couldn't wait when I got my new plate to get that Bible and, and look it up. What's James chapter 5, 7 through 9? And as I started doing I was thinking... Man, I hope this is a good one. <laughs> it's not something like, today I shall require thy soul or something like that. <laughs> so I looked up James 5, 7 through 9. Let me share with you what it says. J-A-S 5, 7, 9. James 5, 7 through 9. I believe we have a PowerPoint. Guess what it says? It wasn't really what I wanted to hear then. Look at the first words. <laughs> Therefore, be patient. 
How many of you would like that word all the time? You're just starting a new exciting phase in your life, and therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. How long are we to wait patiently on the Lord? Until he returns. And then it says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? Waiting, and it says again, patiently for it until it receives the earth early in latter rains, the Yorei Makosh. You also, and there it is again, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And then verse 9, and by this time after I started reading this, I might have needed verse 9. <laughs> Do not grumble. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. And then verse 9 ends with this. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Well, throughout the next three-plus years of school in that phase of my life, I kept that in mind. As you can see, I still remember it now, many years later. Be patient. Wait patiently. (laughs) Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And at this time of the year, remember, the judge is at the door. He is at the door. Are you right with him? Do you have peace with God through faith in our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah? If we get anything out of these high holy days, it must be that we need to get right with God and do the best we can to walk with one another. All evil fleshly attitudes such as rebellion, Tail-bearing, greed, lust, backbiting, arrogance, and yes, grumbling, and so forth, must be repented of and by God's grace removed from our hearts. How many of you want that to happen? You want that stuff out of you, that gunk. You want that stuff gone. Instead, we're to do what we are commanded in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, where it says, among other things, Sanctify Messiah as Lord in our hearts. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 1040 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.